and we are live hi guys welcome to another episode of the national fan podcast i'm your host david and today's episode <laughs> and i promise i said i'll be back on tuesday because of the arsenal game against newcastle that will be happening on sunday and um imagine my shock arsenal got battered everywhere they go arsenal get battered everywhere they go everywhere they go <laughs> so arsenal lost two to newcastle and that is that is their that was their first loss to Newcastle since 2018. Now, this is their second loss. I think in the last 11 matches, they've only lost twice in Newcastle. They lost in 2018, 2-1, and they lost today, um, yesterday, 9-2, just 2-0. And by losing, that effectively means Spurs, who won on Monday, on Sunday, are effectively two points ahead of Arsenal as a result of their win. And going into the game, the last day, um, needing a draw to qualify for the Champions League because the goal difference is vastly superior to Arsenal's. So, and Arsenal faced Everton on the last day, Spurs faced Norwich on the last day. Well, I'll give my thoughts on Premier League matches. I'll do a go round up of the whole of the matches that happened in the last weekend and including Monday. And then, yeah, in our big story today, we're going to talk, we have a lot of big stories today because there's no really big event that happened. But there was, a, there was, a one, there was one though, um, Chelsea's um, this thing, takeover looks like it's having a bit of a wobble at the moment. But I'll give my, uh, on our big story segment, we'll talk about that. Talk about Mbappe's future today too. Talk about Mbappe's future. Yeah. Basically, we'll just talk a bit about stuff. So, without further ado, let's get into this episode. Okay, so let's start with the ninth at St. James's Park. St. James's Park for Arsenal. I have to pronounce that in slowly because I tend to talk really fast and I don't mess up the words. <laughs> I'm joking. So, yeah, 2 0. Arsenal losing 2 0 at St. James's Park. It's, it wasn't a good result. Now, going to this game, I, 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 even though a part of me felt like Newcastle were going to win this game, I, I saw this win for Newcastle coming. Not because um, it's Arsenal, not because I hate Arsenal. Apart from, it's just, not just because I hate Arsenal, no. It's not just that. It's because I know how. Um, they reacted on Thursday. I know how they reacted to the atmosphere on, on on Thursday, and I saw this Arsenal team as that kind that would not be able to do it, especially as St James's Park, whom their fans are usually. I mean, the Georges they are really passionate about their club, and they will make sure the atmosphere is buzzing. I remember when Spurs played there when they just had the takeover. The atmosphere was buzzing, right? It was buzzing. Their fans made it really loud. Yes, Spurs came away with a 3-2 win. That was because North, like Newcastle, were really bad at the time. I know that, but at that home turf, you know, they would make sure it's not easy for you. I mean, Liverpool won their 1-0. Man's they won their 5-5-0. Yes, but the Liverpool win at that ground was really difficult. It wasn't it wasn't easy. So that ground is not usually a happy hunting ground for people who cannot handle um a loud a vocal home fan and um, family especially when they are in this current form i think in their last eight games they've only lost one sorry the last six matches they've only lost one i think that was the one against liverpool if i'm not mistaken was it liverpool or man city either of those two teams but i know they've only no or two or one i think their last eight games or something i can't remember how the start goes but against arsenal in their last um 11 matches i think they've won only twice including this one so that would be like the last 12 games so prior to this game, right, in their last 11 matches, they've lost, Arsenal have lost um, only one to Newcastle. So they tend to win, I mean, I remember the 7-4 win. I'm just like, I know Mumman away, you know, in general. So, really, now the last time they won, yeah, um, they beat Arsenal was 2018. So going to this fixture, the odds 
when Newcastle's favor, in my opinion, even if um, yes, Arsenal were even better on paper, da, da, da. because on Thursday night I watched Arsenal against Spurs, and yes, we battered Arsenal, right? We beat Arsenal really convincingly, and that game, if Spurs wanted to actually go at Arsenal and really wanted to score more, they would have scored even six that day. That was how poor Arsenal were. And I think that's how the, the home the fans at home made the atmosphere really really tough for Arsenal to really settle in, you know they made sure and Arsenal squad being shaky you know, and, and and that was it for me, and the 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 three new losses at the hands of Spurs that particular um, loss then the atmosphere like okay this Newcastle game is not going to be missing. so going to this game it starts Newcastle line up in their usual um, formation their usual style Arsenal line up in their style now. In that game against Spurs, Gabriel wobbled off. Holding got sent off, so holding is suspended. Now Gabriel Magalhaes, I did not really expect him to start, and I saw oh, explain. I did not really expect him to play because he came off injured, so probably played played again. He played in this game. Then um, Ben White was rushed back and he played. Now when the game started, the atmosphere was buzzing. I mean Newcastle, you could feel it. I mean Newcastle were already at Arsenal, they were already at throats already, you know. They were going after Arsenal attacking. But there was one thing, obviously the quality would always show. Newcastle were attacking, but at some point Arsenal Arsenal they had more shots than them. That's why yeah, both teams had one on target, but Arsenal they had six shots. Newcastle had three shots. But Newcastle looked like the team that were really going at Arsenal. And the fans, the judges were really behind them. They were making noise, they were really loud. And Arsenal, at one point, Arsenal couldn't get out of their own half. I mean, as Newcastle were you know, knocking the ball around, knocking the ball around real quick, and they were really pressing that. You see, like, two, three persons around an Arsenal player <coughs> in the middle of the park. Gimarej was electric, was fantastic on that day. You know, so they were there. And one thing that stood out for me was Callum Wilson, right? Callum Wilson starting that game for, for us, for Newcastle, was very important because he was going to, he was going to trouble Ben White and um, this guy, Ben White and Magalis. Because he was, he was pulling him out of position, he was moving about, and he's fast. He's quite strong and aggressive. I think when his tooth, the guy was playing so well, his tooth was hang, I think he had a clash where his tooth was almost hanging. I think they had to push it back. So probably have to do some treatment with that or something. Surely there's a way out of it. But he almost lost a tooth or something because of it. It was a very dangerous game, let's be real, right? <laughs> first goal happens. Now, this is why I would say that first goal sums up Arsenal, sums up their recruitment. Now, the first goal came from the foul throw. Now, remember, last season, we used to always make fun of Arsenal, right? Bellerin and his foul throws. Bellerin, you know, being known for um, his foul throws, throwing the ball, you know, the wrong way, right? But check this out. The goal, um, they signed Tavares, right? They're left back. The problem still continues. just a different personnel, right? Tavares wins. There's a throw in. He throws the ball. A foul throw was given. Foul throw. Newcastle took the ball. Throw. Pass it to the left spot, right? I think that was Tavares' um, former position, right? Then I think it was um, Joel Linton who carried the ball, ran with the ball, played it across, and Ben White scores an own goal. That was in the second half. At first time, it was nil-nil. And, and, you know, I was thinking, ah, it's going to be that game where Arsenal will probably steal a 1-0 steal a win, you know, and all that. But no, it wasn't. Re- that wasn't really the case. You know, because Newcastle came out with the same energy. And, and when they scored that first, I was like, yes, it's one goal. Oh, sorry, it's at first half, sorry. As a one nil up, Newcastle with the goal up at home, it's going to be more difficult. And the stats showed that in the last, in all the games, all the six, match, six matches, Arsenal have conceded first. They have lost all of them, right? They've lost all of them, really at halftime. I think they've lost all of them. 
So it wasn't really now at halftime. I don't want to put that stat out because I mean I have other sports fans I really interact with during when when their games going on, right? When games are going on, and we're interacting, and I was like, and I dropped that. I was like, no, David, don't say that. You know, don't jinx it. <laughs> but but no jinx was gonna happen because let's be real, Arsenal were always gonna lose that game. You know, and and it's true. Then the second goal was another, right? Gimara scoring it. And it was just poor defending in general, right? I don't know if they stepped up, they pushed up and then played it across. Then this guy played it out. I think Wilson. Then no, the keeper Gramsley played that. Then I don't have to describe the goal. Kimara scored, passed into an empty net. Two 0 already. Game done. The game was done already. It was done when it was one, when it was one 0 Two 0 just killed it off for me because Arsenal did not threaten. I mean, they took off Nketiah, brought on Lacazette to try to play, but nothing. They really didn't do. Arsenal didn't really threaten. You know, yes, they had six shots in general in the first half at that time what I mentioned, but they didn't look as threatening as they would as they would like. I mean Saka was non-existent. I mean a lot of players were non-existent. Right. And one other thing also, Tomiyasu, right? He came off, I think in the first half. Why did Tomiyasu um this was a bit funny for me was because Tomiyasu, so it was a joke running around because like um they said he's, he's he was running away <laughs> he's running away from um Alain Saint Maximin. I mean who who was quite good on the night. I mean it, it wasn't an easy game. It wasn't gonna be it wasn't gonna be an easy game for us and and it showed. So Newcastle deserved winners, winning the game 2 0. And um yeah, Newcastle is a team that I'll watch out for for next season. I mean it's their last home game and everything, right? I'll look out for them next season. You know, and obviously they're gonna go do business this summer. They're really gonna be aggressive in this summer market. Um, Eddie Howe has done real well, really well, you know, in his in his the way he has set up their team, the way he has arranged, the way he has played, the system he has set up, you know, defensively. Because remember when he was at Bournemouth, I mean, they used they were known for attacking for Bournemouth, right? But Bournemouth were known for, you know, yes they could attack on this week, but if we get Bournemouth five 0 five one the next weekend, that was how burn Bournemouth were. That's what Bournemouth were known for. So look look at the way he has managed Newcastle. You know that okay. He has found a way to be able to, you know, fix things where um, create this balance where they, they are not really as, you know, the way they were. And one thing I also want to um, commend him for was, again, I've said it before, I'll say it again, Joel LinkedIn, right? And there's this Twitter account I follow, Premier League panel, where they always talk about football. And there was an old Twitter reference, but like, he's surprised that Joel LinkedIn is going to Newcastle because of the way he, start, the way he plays, you know, his link up play and all that, right? And check this out. He went to Newcastle, played up front under Steve Bruce. He was horrible. It was awful. Fans were like waste of money, you know, 40 million. And then how he comes in, drops him a bit, drops him, take him away from the front line and put him in, in the middle, right? And now he has been revolutionary. Why? Because his strengths have been played. And his partnership with his compatriot, Gimaresh, has been fantastic in the middle there. And Gimaresh, another, played a deep line playmaker, played box to box. I mean, that guy is fantastic. Newcastle have. A proper midfield in their hands, on their hands. Those two guys. I mean, you're looking at guys where your system where they could have where a four to three one in the future where they, these two guys would just balance themselves out. I mean, Newcastle are a team to look out for. If that position, they've nailed down a position that's very difficult to nail down. Yes, it's 80 million pound worth of talent in midfield, so you should expect them to be as good as the way we watch them to be. It doesn't matter. You know, by looking at the age those two guys are currently at, you know, you've secured your position for like the next 10 years. That position for like next 10 years. Very good position to secure. And then 
they have to now looking around building yeah they are not focused they have to be focused on building other parts like the up up front creativity the wings depending on the system they want to play if they want to play 433 they might get one more feeder if they don't play 4231 they might have to say okay if we're going to have two feeders nailed down let's get three behind the striker let's get one up front or let's get two depending on how but i would say they have a good foundation obviously they have to throw their center backs they will have to offload them uh, but I would say they have a foundation. Another thing, one thing I also I said, I think I said some months ago. I said Newcastle. The reason why they are safe is because they bought players that were ready for a relegation battle. Because, I mean, I think around January or February they were like close to the bottom, and the way they just went on this winning run, where they just won winning games for fun, right? Beating teams that they should, they should, they, should, they had no business beating, right? And then they ended up winning games, and then they came down burn, you know, ready for the fights. Um, my target ready for the fight. Um, who else again? I'm trying to remember the names of players this time in general. Chris Wood also ready for the fight. These are players that, um, Premier League, their Premier League experience, they've been around that position before. So, being able to fight this kind of fight is not really something that is because compared to the signings made by teams that got relegated or teams that could get relegated, like, um, that were really relegated, like Bournemouth, sorry. Um, Brent, no, ah, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, Norwich City and Watford, right? The January signings. Then, um, if you look at other teams that are still in the fight, you're looking at um, Everton, you're looking at Leeds United, and you're looking at um, Burnley. You know, I, I think Burnley might be fine eventually, but you know, if you look at all these teams and the way they set up, the, the, the moves they made in general compared to Newcastle's move, it makes a lot of sense why Newcastle they were able to you know, get this right and move up and then they're able to just have this form and then they're finally safe you know in the league yeah good result for Newcastle good result for Spurs uh, speaking of Spurs we won our game on Sunday against Burnley 1-0 now a lot of fans are going to act a lot of fans were saying oh yeah Arsenal fans as usual moaning about the referee oh yeah the referee has an agenda because the penalty now it's a penalty in the corners of the law, it's a penalty, right? The decision, man. Listen, it's it's common sense, you know, that he, he. I think it was like a situation where he was trying to. I don't know, but his arms were out wide. It's an unnatural position, yes, but the reason why his arms were like that, there was a reason. I think it was like contest for the ball at some point. Obviously, there are certain actions that are reflex. You will not, you don't plan them. They happen. For example, like if you're falling, you're breaking your fall, you have to put your hand on the floor. You don't fall face first into the floor. I mean, no human being does that, except you, maybe you don't have arms or something, or maybe you have, but every human being, if you're falling, you break your fall. Then, you know, so it makes a lot of sense. If you're jumping, your arms will move. You, you can't jump with your arms straight down. You're not a dolphin, <laughs> you know? You're not a dolphin or a seal, right? And remember this, right? Um, last, I think the penalty sport benefited from in that game. What if I tell you that it is as a result of sports suffering from that decision, right? Last season, so last season, last two seasons, right? Sports suffered from that decision. That's why the decision was changed. Check this out. Last season at, against Newcastle at home, sports drew 1 1. We also got a penalty. But check this out. The penalty Newcastle got, and the carrier was in the air, right? Headed the ball down. Dyer jumped. The ball took. Carrier headed the ball to his arm, and then it was. They gave it as a handball. Penalty, right? Um, which um, Wilson scored from Newcastle. Now the previous season, this is what happened. Lucas Mora was falling against Sheffield United. Lucas Mora was falling, right? And then the ball was kicked. And while he was falling, he was trying to break his forward's arm. The ball was kicked against his arm. And by the kicking against his arm, the ball went to Kane again, scored from it. The goal was ruled out for VR. It was ruled out by um, VR. Ruled the goal out, saying it was it was a handball. You know, yes. And that rule was changed. Oh, you know, know that, right? Now, over time, 
those are decisions that sports suffered from and that sports are sort of benefiting from it you know with the handball and everybody's oh hands in the air you know it's not a, it's a penalty right I'm not sure, but, and whereas even people used to complain about John Terry you know having to do this sometimes the soul is a natural position you know it's a natural position it reflects action you know it's not a penalty I remember there was one time when Chelsea played against United Lampard was playing and there was a handball similar to this one I remember this game yes Chelsea United I think Mourinho was still at Chelsea at the time handball um, Lampard like wasn't it? referee didn't give it a penalty because it was quite similar and people complain about it now they've put it on now you probably upset about it <laughs> it means there's no way to play football fans there's just no way but it is what it is so sports winning that game one I, I feel like that result was important it was a grinding result that we needed we just have to grind result out and get it because it wasn't a case of oh we have to win 10-0 3-0 no we just had to get the result we needed in that game and kudos to sports for getting that I want to share, I want to talk about the centre back the Burnley centre back they have a centre back I think it's Josh Long or something that guy was quite good in the game I mean, a lot of fans are talking about how I think a lot of Irish fans said he because the, Ireland they play a system where they have they have ball playing centre backs and they talked about his ball playing ability that he wasn't really good but his defensive ability was good because he was really good in that game in fact in the last few games Burnley were playing you know but I think that was their first loss in a long time if I'm not mistaken so Burnley were really good it's not like they were just one awful team that just lost yes sports won deserved to win first few minutes sports had we are 80 position and 12% on Burnley had the best even though Burnley had the best chance sports were really on all over them right and even as when sports really controlled the game at certain points there was no I won't say there was sustained pressure from Burnley because even as when Burnley changed their formation to 4 4 because it started with a 5 4 1 when it changed to 4 4 2 they brought um, Lennon and they brought in Vegas as a striker up front right they wanted to put cross into the box Sports were still able to minimize the chances of them doing that, and you know, it's probably I, I kudos to Spurs, and it's a good home win. Now, Kane and Son, now Kane scored, obviously. Um, Son is on 21 goals. Now, I wish they obviously wish Son would have scored. I got Son had chances, but Pope was up to the task. I think Son had like two chances where Pope Nick Pope was just on fire on that day, and he probably saved the game, kept the score at 1 0. And Burnley kept didn't prefer French score from really good because sports tended to always you know beat Burnley properly at home, and it's really probably the first one nil you know kind of this I've seen the sports beating Burnley in, a, in quite a long time, but this is what it is. And Sessegnon is somebody I want to talk about. Sessegnon has really nailed down his left wing back position. It's something that a lot of fans are not really talking about a lot, or we're talking about it rather. You know, it's something that yeah you know, I, I feel like it's not talking about enough. Maybe we should talk about it, but it's not enough because Sessegnon was in my list of players I would want to be sold, and it's testament to. Conte's coaching because I mean, made Doherty look good. Now, look at Sessegnon, right? Nailed down that spot, very aggressive, really fast. And I would say one thing his loan spell at Hoffenheim as left wing back, you play as a left wing back, has really been good for him because the system favors him the way he's playing and and him you know being able to be an advanced i think that's a part of the game he has to work on maybe in the summer he would because i'm sure Conte would do it with him, work out with him work, make him work because if you check out lukaku at um inter lukaku at united at, and at inter and at chelsea there's a clear difference in the, the personality of lukaku i saw lukaku creating an assist with the outside of his left foot for lateral martinez to score in the champions league i mean that is lukaku doing that right so listen conte really knows how to to manage players, to man- he knows how to manage footballers, he knows how to play, he knows how to manage them. So, probably explains why a lot of the players in the sports squad have improved 
you know, and it's kudos to Sessegnon, you know, kudos to Sessegnon. Now, Reggion is already the one who might be on the chopping block and Spurs may have to get a new left wing back. I would support that, you know, Spurs getting a new left wing back, Reggion, you know, being moved on, you know, because clearly the system that Spurs are going to play probably doesn't favor him and all that, right? But I think that's what Spurs will have to do and the summer, the summer is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Then I'm um, going to the next game, West Ham versus Man City. Now, going to this game, a lot of fans expected Man City to win, roll over West Ham. When I saw the fixture list for Man City and Liverpool left, I mean, you would see Man City um, having how many games left? Oh, um, they have West Ham and Aston Villa left, right? And Liverpool having, um, I think Liverpool had um, Southampton, um, Southampton and one other team. I can't remember who that team is. I think Southampton is one other team, I'm trying to remember. Left. These are two teams that Liverpool had left. And so West, so I mean Liverpool going to this game. Sorry, Manchester going to this game. Confident, you know they've won their last game. You know, going just going and do the job. I think they come up with five new win of over Newcastle. Coming to this game, you know, do your job. You know, do what you have to do. And West Ham two 0 up already. Jared Bowen, Jared Bowen, Jared Bowen scored two goals. And this is somebody that again every time we see Jared Bowen doing well, we always remember sports because Jared Bowen is like another one that got away. Sports scouted him. I don't know. Spurs made the choice not to sign him, which was a very stupid decision. I mean, I mean, I think they signed Jack Clark in the summer. I think they had the chance, that chance in January to sign him. They didn't. Then West Ham did. You no, know, close to West Ham for taking advantage, taking action. Spurs didn't, and you know, he's their player. And it's gonna cost a lot to take him out to prize mode of West Ham. And good, good thing for um, Bowen though. You know, Bowen, and I think he's somebody that for the, for that position that he plays on the right and is left footed. It's a no-brainer for him to play for England. It's a no-brainer. Obviously, England would like to pick the usual guys, but if you look at the, the usual guys, oh yeah, they might choose Saka, they might pick the other guys. But Bowen is somebody that Southgate has to carry. I'm not English, right? But you know, as a football fan, looking at this, he's the best English right winger. I don't know. Yes, Foden, but Foden, I think Foden is is it left footed or right footed? I think Foden is right footed, so he tends to play on the on the left. Or plays behind a striker, but in, in even if Ford, yeah, Foden is although Foden is better than him, obviously, but Foden is right footed, if I'm not mistaken. But obviously, Foden is better than him. But I'm saying that like, Bowen should at least play for England, even if because there's always a way for Foden to play, there should be a way for Bowen to, to play. You know, he has played really well, you know, and sorry for the position he's playing the left footer, right wing, left cutting down to the left on which is left foot. And he has re yeah, really good player, really good player. And um relation to West Ham. So two two nil up already, West Ham looked like they were gonna go at it, and then Man City got one um through Grealish. And then the second half, I think they came out the blocks and really went at it. And Man City even had a penalty. There was a non go from Kufal from two two. There was a penalty which Mares missed. Um saved by Fabianski rather. But I think it's one of a miss because I, I I always theory that if you aim play penalties really well, like the keepers would punch it back, and the keeper didn't punch it back, he punched it out. So it probably means it just wasn't really well. It wasn't really, yeah, it was a good penalty. I don't know if it was a good penalty. It was okay, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I just want to say about bad penalty, but yeah, but it's good. Man City two to draw. Um, I felt the burn should have taken that penalty, but it's a case of coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, because. Even though Man City have very bad penalty records, they've had bad penalty records in the last last season. They even had it, and even this season too. I would say, you know, that Man City should, you know, I think Gibran should have taken it. I think he should have. Taken, oh yeah, they even uh, sorry, back to, it's a bit um, wolves rather five one. Sorry, I mixed it with the Newcastle game. Yeah, so Gibran should have taken the penalty in my opinion, and and Maris taking it sort of makes it decision um, look stupid. But if Maris had scored it, he would have, wouldn't have been saying this. But it's fine. 
But another thing, um, during the midweek, Guardiola spoke about um, um, Man City being Liverpool being favoured, you know, by the media because the media wants you know Man City to win the league and you know Liverpool to win the league and not Man City. You know, to be fair, if you look at the amount of Liverpool fans we have in the media, it's not it's not really hard. It's difficult to not to doubt Guardiola when he said that. And last thing I also want to talk about is I'm seeing some fans questioning Man City's mentality. Listen, do not freaking do that, okay? This is the same Man City squad. They won the league in 18-19 season. Listen, in the remaining 19 matches, they won 18 to win the league over Liverpool. Listen, the 100-point season, they won 18 out of 9. Do you know how difficult it is to win 18 matches? Like this is like win, win. Every they had, they, they had, there was no chance to drop the levels. There was no chance. They had to win. They had to keep winning. Liverpool were bringing down their necks. They were bringing down. I mean, they had to keep winning. This was Man City's story at the time. So do not really come and say Manchester mentality is bad. It's just usual think pieces from people who just really want to just get engagements. Oh, let's confirm our bias. But no, do not do that. It's okay. This this Manchester squad also won the league last season, despite the fact that this side isn't very poorly. They went on a run where they're just winning one nil, one nil, two nil, two one. They were just winning, you know, in a row. This is how they won the league last season. So do not freaking do that. Don't even try. Don't even test Manchester mentality. I think they would. They had their last game against Villa. I think they would win it. I still think Man City will win it. You know, listen, everybody's trying to say, oh, um, there's a lot of history between the Man City versus um, Aston Villa game, Man City away. Obviously, there'll be a lot of backstory behind it. Grealish is going back there to try and win the league at his boyhood, um, win the game against his boyhood club to beat, to win the league. Yes. There's also a backstory of um, Gerard, you know, being an ex-Liverpool player and then he has a chance, you know, to win the game. And if he wins the game, Liverpool, Liverpool winning, effectively winning the league for for Man City. But listen, this is my my take on that thing, right? I think Man City are gonna win it. I think they're gonna win the game. And the way the story is being propped up, you know, you you kind of get the sense that a lot of media pers- media personnel they want that thing to happen. I want Man City to win the league. Okay, you can call me a hater of Liverpool for obvious reasons. If Liverpool are very Liverpool fans. I will be able to. I understand. Yeah, they celebrate their win. It's fine. It's normal to celebrate their win. But a lot of them are very unbearable, right? <laughs> In the way they talk. I'm like, come on, man. Listen, I would have wanted them to win the League Cup this season. Even, but if they were not facing Chelsea in that League Cup final, in that FA Cup final, I would have preferred Chelsea, the team, to whoever they face to win it. If they're not facing either Chelsea or Arsenal, though, I mean, aside from Arsenal, but it's just listen. I do not think. I don't think Liverpool will win that game on the last day. I don't. I'll be very surprised if they do. I would obviously a draw for Aston Villa would be a good result for Liverpool. Liverpool have to win their game, you know. But it's still Liverpool's hands to win a domestic treble at least to match Man City's record in the 18-19 um, season. But I, I it it will be very interesting to see. But listen, the script the script are writ the script writers right. They have it. They have it prepared. They have their notes prepared. Their stories. I mean, they, 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 the final day is set up for the title race. Is set up for them. Now, this is one thing that will make me laugh. If Southampton actually go and beat Liverpool <laughs> tomorrow, this week, this midweek, it will be very funny. Imagine Southampton end up beating Liverpool. It will be so funny because it will just rain on everybody's parade. But everybody's expecting Liverpool to win that game and then set up for a final day. A showdown, you know, um, and it's going to be very interesting for if you're a neutral, if you have a stake in the title race, well, 
I don't want to be you because it's, it's not going to be easy. I mean, to, 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 I mean, look at it. We have a tough four race, right? Sports have a tough four race, and we're facing Norwich on the last day. I am still scared of facing Norwich. I'm so scared because of the PTSD of Tottenham, of supporting Tottenham. I remember 20, is it 2016, 17, or 15, 16 season when Sports finished fourth? Was it third? And they had a chance to finish second. They finished third. Why? Because. Um, Spurs had to win. Spurs needed to to not lose that game by four goal. Even if they lost, just don't lose by four goal margin, right? Check. Guess what happened? Spurs lost five one to relegated Newcastle. Newcastle were even ten men down. I, I think Spurs were ten men down. Something. Spurs a ten man Spurs lost to Newcastle. Relegated Newcastle. They check this out. Arsenal beat um, um, Aston Villa four nil on that last day. So this is exactly why and Aston effectively finished the sports. So this is why I am scared. I am scared of sports. Yes, I know Norwich. Your know, sports should beat Norwich on paper. Sports are clear. But sorry, man, it is Tottenham. I'm scared of that. I see. We need to resolve on that day, and that's what. So that's why you know my house will be racing on that day. I'm still very last. It's it's fun, but it is what it is. We, hopefully we win that game, and hopefully score scores as many as possible. Yeah, but the final day again, back to the league. Man City obviously. Um, so Man City, I think Man City will be there Aston Villa. I think Man City are going to be there. I think Man City are going to be fine. Um, I think they will be fine. It's just the West Ham game will look like a blip. But I think Man City are really going to be switched on because it's still in their hands. All they have to do is win that game. And for a team who have been winning, 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 well, it's a no-brainer. A lot of fans who think Aston Villa would get something of that game. It's more of like wishful thinking. But I think Guardiola will be like, listen, you guys want to win this thing? Yeah, then put your head down and focus and, you know, get this game done. That's what it is. And speaking of Aston Villa, Aston Villa faced Crystal Palace. It was a 1 1 draw. Um, goals from Holly Watkins and Jeffrey Schlopp. I mean, Aston Villa should have scored more. They missed some goals. Um, it was down to poor finishing, obviously, and and that's just it. But I think Aston Villa, yeah, 1 1 1 1 draw is not a bad result, for being honest with ourselves. It's not a bad result for either's teams. I mean, Crystal Palace, both of them are safe. Their their achievements for the season have been achieved, have been reached. So it's not really like oh we have to win this game to be safe. So one one is not it's not bad. And Crystal Palace are actually facing Chelsea in midweek, so it's one to look out for. Yeah. Then um, Liverpool Liverpool Chelsea FA Cup final and Liverpool winning their second um, trophy this season. Um, they won the FA Cup, winning on penalties against Chelsea again. You know, I mean, I enjoyed um, seeing Chelsea lose. Let's be honest, I don't like Chelsea. We know, we all know that. It's an open secret that I do not like Chelsea. <laughs> it's an open secret. Um, now Chelsea have lost their last six um, games at Wembley, right? So they haven't won any domestic tr- um, competition since. Um, what was the last one they won? I think they won the. La- I can't remember the last one they won. Wow, they. It's really been long. I think since Conte left, they haven't won any domestic competition, you know, at Wembley. And Liverpool, in the game, Liverpool hit the bar twice. Um, Chelsea hit, bad, hit the bar once. And um, the penalty shoot that Schmicker is scoring the resulting one and Mount missing penalty. So, it was a good result. It was sort of, a, it wasn't really a very good game in general. I mean, yes, Liverpool won their two finals by not scoring a single goal. But who cares? The trophy is on their hands in their, in their cabinet. That's their eighth trophy. Eighth FA Cup trophy for, for Liverpool. And um, Chelsea, well, yeah, the trophies they have to hold on to is the Club World Cup and the Super Cup. The like trophies they have to hold on to. Well, it's, it's still a fairly good season for them. It's two trophies and then there's so cares. Congratulations to them. And Everton versus Brentford. 
Now Everton, I really want to talk about Everton's disciplinary record here. They have like 104 red cards now. So Arsenal are second 102. That is very poor. They ended this game with nine men, lost three-two, and um, they have something to play for. They are not safe yet because they have Leeds bringing down their neck and they have Burnley to be, to, to you know to be safe from. So Leeds was Leeds were the only team among the three. Leeds were the only team that picked up a point, picked up something in the weekend. And I feel like Everton should have beaten Brentford. You know. Because I think they were they were two one up already, and then it got sent off. Not just really, it, it just didn't make any sense. And it's just down to their discipline. I, I feel like that game is something they should have shown up, tied up, and just be fine. But listen, I I want Everton to have something to play for on the last day. Because if they are on the beach on the last day, it's, I don't really want that. I want I would like them to go against Arsenal the last day and go to the Emirates and beat Arsenal the Emirates. You know. You know, beat Arsenal. I would love it. I would love it if it happened. Love it. <laughs> that's Kevin Keegan's reference. I mean, I would love everything. That's why. Okay, yeah, they're playing Crystal Palace, rather. Sorry, everything Crystal Palace. I want Crystal Palace to beat us, everything, so that everything was going to play for on the last day because they could be on the beach on the last day if they have nothing to play for, and that for me, it's not really cool. I do not want that. I want everything to have something to play for on the last day, and um, I, I think I, I don't know if everything will go down or anything, but I think between the three of them, between Leeds, everything, and and um. Leeds Everton and um oh Jesus Christ, who's this last team? Burnley. I think it's the worst of the three of them that are going down. Because three of them are equally um as bad as each other. When I mean um in general, right, they're as bad as each other, the same, almost the same problems. Apart from Everton's disciplinary issues, but as bad as each other. So it's more of who's worse than the other two. They're only matched, but who's worse than the other two? That's what's got I think Everton beat Leeds like 3 0. Then Everton lost to Burnley. I think Leeds beat Burnley, if I'm not mistaken. So I think they, they played each other. I think they've taken points off each other, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not really, it's not, it's not really um, a surprise, you know, that they are at each other's neck. And, and I just think it's the worst of the three of them that's gonna go down. And we'll see who that is on the final day. Again, regression. <laughs> so the, the, on the final day of the season, we're gonna have the title race still undecided, top four race still undecided, and the relegation um, final relegation spot undecided so it's very tasty the premier league and the media team of all the media companies covering really they're really going to be biting their rubbing their hands at the prospect of covering the final day i mean the low dramas the papers are going to be going buzzing i can imagine the amount of stories they have in their drafts ready to go out on monday after the season ends on sunday wow it is what it is yeah so brentford um good good win for brentford um, they're safe i think they're just playing for honor at this point trying to just put points on the board and um, the, it's interesting on how Ericsson's um, future will be once the season is over. Because, um, you know, Ericsson, Ericsson, I think most teams are watching Ericsson. We want to see if Ericsson looks good, how he can play. And he has proven himself to really play well in this season so far. So there will be a lot of stuff for Ericsson. I would see, it was surprising, I want to see maybe Ericsson might sign a new contract with them and stay and just want to repay their faith in him. It could be, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but um, good win for Brentford. And speaking of good win, um, Leicester putting five past Watford. Now I think Watford scored first. It was probably a big mistake, and Leicester really went at them and put five past them. Two goals from Barnes, two goals, two goals from um, Vardy. Go from Madison. Madison looks looks like he's back because I think last season a lot of Leicester fans were really talking about him leaving, wanting him to leave. And now Madison looks like he has found his groove. I, I can't, I don't, I've not checked how many assists he's had, but so far since I've watched, watched some of his games, he has looked really good in those games. Yes, he should be beating Watford, but I mean, you can only be worse in front of you. So good result for Leicester. You know, probably playing for pride and just having, just putting points on the board. Then Leeds versus Brighton. 
um brighton are fine but leeds the relations fight still goes on go on like i said so they still have to to face uh, listen on the last they still have the the relation is not decided on the very last day yeah and then um, brighton good goal from uh, welbeck welbeck scoring with a chip and then um, nice nice um nice pace whatever <laughs> you would have to say man you know brighton don't have to play for that's why it's one of these games that just you just watch and then but you just watch to, to look at for how they play and um, I think Brighton have really done well overall this season. Yes, I have some reservations about Grand Potter. Well, in the context of you know what their their achievements are and what their plans are, I would say they've done well. I'm not going to say they've not done well because if they want to stay up, they've stayed up. You know, so they are not really going. They don't want to win champions. They're not competing for Champions League. They're not competing for anything. Just being the league stability and it looks like they've done that. And you know, the school wins good season for them. Then Leeds United, yeah, still have something to play for. Then Wolves versus Norwich City. Norwich City have nothing to play for. And Wolves joined this game 1-1. Um, Wolves, they almost lost this game. I think Norwich City took the lead. Then Wolves equalized. Um, good result for for Wolves. Good result for Norwich. Wolves have nothing to play for again. Norwich have nothing to play for. So both teams just stayed in this game and just got the points they needed. And, you know, it is what it is. Yes. Anyway, it's time for our big story. I think I'm done with all the review of the Premier League matches. So it's time for our big story. And I'll see you guys on that side. Quick roundup and then have a nice day. So I'll see you on that side of the show. It is time for a big story. So in the intro, I mentioned um, Chelsea's um, takeover um, has hit some. It's going to hit a wobble a bit, you know. Um, the problem was, I think the 4.25 billion pound takeover rights of Bowley. I covered um, the profile of the manager of their owner, new owner, in the last two episodes ago. So probably check that out and probably if you missed it. And then um, it's not finally done. It's not done obviously, but it's the one that has the biggest. You know, obviously, you're gonna be the biggest cloud, the biggest guy. You know, this is the guy that's gonna be the main guy. So um the, there's a bit of a cl- uh, problem because i think the, 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 it's causing a bit of a delay and they need to analyze that before the 31st of, of this month is when the license is renewed so for them to participate in the league and then um, if they haven't dealt with the take takeover by then it will be to be a bit of trouble i think they'll be fine before then i think they will sort it out but they want assurance the ministers want assurance you know that the 4.2 the um loan from abramovich it's not going to be, want to be repaid even the manager has said multiple times that listen i am not taking this money back i just you know you guys can go on your own way but i just find it really a bit surprising uh, sorry not like i find it surprising you know that it's because everybody wants to dot their eyes and cross their teeth i mean the word of mouth is not enough you really need some bit a bit of <laughs> proper assurance you know and that's only what the problem i probably aiming for because i mean it doesn't want to change my tomorrow and then it is what it is but yeah um we'll see how it goes but i think chelsea will be fine in the long run i think they will sound like finalize that thing then another news happened um aguero got a statue just like the company statue looks up looks doesn't look like him i mean you have to really close your eyes and really look closely to really try and form a resemblance and it still doesn't look like him that was on the anniversary of their of their final win the win the goal against qpr i remember that thing, that game like yesterday i mean i remember that that sunday evening I remember where we lived in at the time, you know, um, a lot of, I mean, I was really happy because a lot of us in like United, United were having their dominance a lot, it was still, Ferguson was still their manager, a lot of fans obviously we hate United because maybe I've gotten hard done by by United and they are officiating, so it was really cool, you know, for, for them to lose, for them to lose that uh, title, and they, they beat Sunderland on the last day, 
but Aguero last minute you know scored Aguero you know that was that was for me and then it's very good that they are immortalized they, um, they put a statue for him and then very good so he is effectively their legend you know and just like company is we'll see if there'll be more for that their squad I mean there was um I think Yaraturo was in attendance or something. I don't remember second that day. So the, it's going to be very interesting to see more pers- more statues that will be built. You know, but it is what it is. Congratulations to Aguero on the monument. And then um, another thing, I want to talk quickly about them um, sports quickly, right? Um, yeah, my list. There's one thing I want to talk about, right? The transfer, the transfers. Why I'm talking about sports? The transfers. A lot of fans are getting carried away, and I'm looking at Davison Sanchez, and a lot of fans are saying, somebody, I saw a tweet somebody saying that Davison Sanchez should stay. No, please, he shouldn't stay. If anything, the last games that we've seen from him play, the last two games, I mean, against Arsenal, he wasn't really put under pressure, he wasn't really threatened. Against Burnley, the chance Burnley even got, their best chance, when Spurs were on top, it was tr- because of him. He was beaten by Cornet, Cornet, right? So it's not really, you know, for me, it's not really a given. That Sanchez is, he has turned a new corner. I don't want him as a squad player. I would prefer him to be shown the door, you know, and I'll be fine with it. You know, fans do not get carried away, please. There are players that will still want to be sold. If they haven't turned the corner, it's time to just, you know, show them the door and just accept it and get new players better, better players in. And now, other news again Nigeria's coach, we have a new coach. Finally, Joseph Pizarro. Now, this guy has been announced even before the AFCON, but he never really took over. And now he has finally took I think his salary is on $70,000 a month, which, you know, is very, very, a bit eye opening. But then again, the world of football is very different from the normal world that we live in. So we don't really tend to talk about the salaries a lot. But I just find it funny that, you know, it's now he's been announced after some oppositions have been made by our own Guardiola. I mean, yes, I praise Eguavon uh, for his management of the game in the AFCON, especially in the first game against Egypt. But the knockout against Tunisia sort of showed his tactical def- um, um, failings rather and shortcomings rather. And that for me is where in the long run he wasn't going. But I think I don't really know if this coach is even good enough. This um, guy, Joseph Pizarro, it's just I don't know. There's nothing, nothing about Nigeria that like, sort of gives me joy in a national team, and that's why it's sort of annoying. You know when we see us making, but then again, you know he's surrounding himself with some local guys. You know Finidi George, whom I've always looked forward to seeing take up a role. I mean Finidi George at Ajax in the 90s, you know part of the 96 squad. At one point, was one of the best winger in the world, right winger in the world. So Finidi George is no weak player; he's a proper footballer, right? So him taking the role as assistant, obviously his experiences will be very good. I don't it doesn't mean that the wingers are not trying to play football, but at least Finidi George being there. Uh, some of his experiences and his knowledge could pass it on to the players. And then um, the second assistant would be Salusu Yusuf, who's currently the handler. I think he sports Nigeria had um, there's a national international break coming up very soon. So he was one who put the squad together for the international break. Um so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And then Pogba's potentially Pogba's potentially leaving United also. Um not really a surprise. I mean looking at how this season has gone and it's been, I feel like it's been a long time coming. It's amazing how you know Mourinho gets proven right after years later. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> He's going to proven right over as as time has gone on. And you know, kudos to 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 Mourinho, kudos to Pogba. I think Pogba, Pogba. Then there were links with him going. There was links for Pogba going to Man City. Links with Man City, and uh, it, it sort of made no sense. Even he had grown Man City, would have bought too much pace. But it just doesn't look like it would have happened because his style of play, the way he plays, just wouldn't suit. He's not hardworking enough. You know, and that for me is probably why he wouldn't have fitted into Man City. But just for the boiling of piss sake, it would have probably been cool to see him. <laughs> I must say. 
Then Christensen is leaving Chelsea for Barcelona. Um, two shots confirmed. And Mbappe is going to come. It's going to Real Madrid. It's going to. It says it's going to announce it um, before he joins the French national team, which is probably the next national break coming up. I think it's a bit funny, you know, that this is. Um, he's talking about it like we don't know who is going to join. He's going to join Real Madrid, and we know it. <laughs> just, just it, man. Anyways, um, I think there's not really know a lot of big things that happened in the last week. And then, um, yeah, and then this isn't about to end. And then um, there's some more games happening tomorrow. Um, to, no, I think tonight, then tomorrow. This is the midweek. So we'll see how it goes. And then, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get more interesting football in the last dimension and more, more twists and turns in the last, in the remaining games. Not the remaining game. Listen, if we want twists and turns, not in the top four race, please. No twists and turns there, please. No twists and turns in, in the league race. The relegation race, the relegation fight can have twists and turns, please. Except everything, everything, please just beat us now. <laughs> just beat us now. I'll be fine with you guys. What I mean, to, I mean, like maybe the title race, maybe twists and turns, like tomorrow, maybe oh, this week, midweek, maybe Everton, uh, Liverpool, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So maybe Liverpool dropping points, then maybe even the last day. I don't know, but it's it will be very interesting to see. You know, I think Man City hold a four point lead, and if Liverpool lose, if Liverpool actually lose to Southampton, I think Man City win the league. It's currently four points um, between the both sides. I suppress both of them. So, um, Southampton, well, if they're going to rain on Liverpool's parade, because everybody's fixated on the last day. But what if Southampton goes and rain on their Liverpool's parade? It'll be very, really wild. <laughs> Liverpool have a Champions League final too coming up. So, Liverpool is still in the quadruple, the race for their quadruple. And then, um, so far, they have really done well. I mean, in January, their signing Diaz also, signing of Diaz also helped them in the, in the fight to stay in. Because when they lost Salah and Mane to the, laugh, to the Afcons, I mean, most people thought they would, including me, I thought they would... They would fall off in the title race, but they haven't. They've played well and they've stuck. They're stuck in and they've you know held their guns, stuck by their guns, and they really, really gave Man City a good fight, like they've always done. I'm sort of happy that they have because, if we're being honest, I don't like the fact that the league is probably turning into a, like a Mickey Mouse kind where they run. Even though Man City went, I want to really know that okay, yes, yeah, somebody really troubled them. Somebody looks like winning them. Eh? Uh-huh. Somebody looks like winning the thing. That's just it. Anyway, come to the end of today's episode. Um, thanks for listening. And I hope you guys have a very good week. And um, take care. Bye.